Good morning. Oh man, it's, it's good to be here. Three days journey. A long three days where I'm sure that there were a lot of questions, there were a lot of doubts, but at the end there's this resolute decision to do what God commanded him to do. A resolution to be obedient, to be faithful. I've often wondered about the conversations between the aged patriarch and the young son of promise. I wonder what it looked like at nighttime when Isaac was laying by the fire. And Abraham, I'm sure, was not going to sleep. I wonder what he thought about when he looked down at his son Isaac. I wonder if he stroked his hair. I wonder if he replayed in his, in his mind these conversations that he was going to have or going to have to have with his son. Because in three days he was going to offer his son as a sacrifice to the Lord. I wonder how he was going to answer this question when Isaac looked at him and goes, Dad, um, listen, I, I, I see we have the wood and I, I see that we have... I see we have fire, and I, I see you have the knife, but where is the sacrificial lamb? I wonder what he said to him. See, as Christians, as modern Christians, we get to skirt around this whole thing. We get to skirt around this whole thing because we have two things, two really beautiful things. We have hindsight and insight, Right? We scoot around this very uncomfortable part of Scripture because we have those things. Hindsight is we know that God's going to provide a sacrifice on the altar. But we also have insight because we know what Abraham is thinking. Abraham is thinking, I may have to sacrifice my son, but I know God will raise him up. The only thing Abraham has is insight. He believes that God is going to raise up his son even after death. But it's not going to take away from that horrible, horrible moment when he has to put a knife to the throat of his son. It's not going to take away from that moment. And I begin to think about Abraham, and I think about this. What incredible trust. What incredible obedience. And what incredible faith. I don't know about you, but I've often wondered what my response would be if I was called to do the same thing Abraham was called to do. Would I trust God enough? Would I be obedient to His command? Would I have enough faith to reach the level of this great man, a faith that would allow him to act on such a command? And i got to let you know that I am not real sure that I could. And then I begin to think about all the other aspects to the faithful life of Abraham. And I begin to think about how at 75, 75 years old when he called him, he said, Abraham, or Abram then, he goes, here's what I want you to do. I want you to move. I want you to move, and Abraham would probably go, and where to? And God says, I'll let you know when you get there. And Abraham just did that. I'm wondering is, is that the kind of faith that would allow him to believe that his barren old age wife would be able to conceive a son. And I wonder about his faith that would allow him 
when it says in Scripture that his body was good as dead, that he would be able to father a son. And then I think about a long 25 years. 25 years. Abraham waited 25 years for the promise of God to come to fruition. And I begin to think about this. Could I have this kind of faith? And listing off all of these things that I've talked about with Abraham, I come to this resounding no. I don't think I would except for this one fact. And the one fact is, is that Abraham was a common man. Abraham was not a superhero. In fact, Abraham was extraordinarily common. And that's the series we're looking at right now. We're, we're in this series where we're looking at the word common. And we're looking at what we would call these superheroes of faith. These people that we put on a pedestal and we, and we look at them from afar and we begin to realize that in our feelings are they're not that common. But in reality, they are very common. I want to share with you the commonness of Abraham. Now, as much as we stand in awe of Abraham, a deeper look into his life begins to have, have us understand this, is that he struggled just like the rest of us. And here's where he struggled. He struggled with being afraid. In fact, there are moments and times when fear chokes out the great faith that Abraham had in God. Specifically, Abraham struggled with fear in two areas. The first one is he's a habitual liar. We, that's, sort of, that's sort of hard for us to say, isn't it? He's a habitual liar. The other thing is this, is that he was afraid that God was not going to fulfill his promise. That somehow God was going to fail and he was afraid of that. Let me talk about the fear that led to lying. Abraham... Like most of us men, Ty, right? We all, we've married up, correct? Most definitely, all right? We've married up. And, and what, we've know about, what we know about Sarah is this, is that even though that she, um, even though she was an older woman, even in her old age, she was very, very attractive. And on two different occasions when Abraham encountered Abimelech, and when he encountered Pharaoh, here's this thing that goes on back then. Back then, if you were a man of power and you liked a good woman, a good-looking woman who was married, it was a real simple thing you do: kill the husband. You just kill the husband, and you take care of it. You take the woman. And on two different occasions, Abraham looks at Sarah and says, "Listen, honey, we have to have a talk." Now, how would you like to have this talk with your wife? I really love you, but I'm going to have to ask you to say that you're my sister. I mean, that wouldn't go over very well, would it? It's, honey, I really do love you. And it was a shade of the truth. There was some relationship. But can you imagine that conversation? That conversation that says, Sarah, I mean, I love you, but I'm really afraid that if you declare that you're my wife, that they're going to kill me. And here's what happens is this. Abraham allowed fear to outweigh what he's known for, and that is his faith. 
The other thing that he was afraid of, he was afraid that God was not going to fulfill his promise. Fearful of that, we find on two different occasions, because of his fear and his fear that God was not going to fulfill his promise, Abraham makes a couple of decisions. The first one is, and found in Genesis chapter 15 and verse 1. If you want to turn your Bibles there, Genesis chapter 15 and verse 1. We don't know exactly when this is. We believe it's before uh, the time when uh, he went in with Hagar, which we're going to talk about here in a minute. We don't know exactly when this is, but at some point in time, Abraham goes, God, I'm afraid that I, don't, I just don't see you doing what you said you're going to do about his son. I just don't see it. I'm afraid you're not going to get that done. And so what he says is, God, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to give my entire estate over to Eleazar. Eleazar was sort of his household manager. A very, a very custom back then. If you had no lineage, you just gave it over to the head of the household. I mean the household, who managed your household. And so he says, God, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give everything over to Eleazar. And God comes down and he says, listen, Abraham, here's what I want you to understand is, Eleazar is not going to be the thing that fulfills the promise of God. He reassures him, corrects him. Now, how do we know that he was afraid at this moment in time? Genesis chapter 15 and verse 1, he says, After this, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Do not be afraid. Don't be afraid, Abram. I'm going to take care of this. Fast forward 11 years. Abraham is now 86 years old. And not only does he get afraid, but Sarah gets afraid also. And what they decide to do is this. They're going to scheme together. They're going to come together. And they're going to take hold of the promise of God. And they're going to work this out on their own. Because they're afraid that God is not going to carry out his promises. And so what they do is Sarah and Abraham come together and they say this. Listen, here's how we're going to take care of this, God. Abraham, you're going to take Hagar as a wife. And you're going to bear a son. And he, she did, he did bear a son through Hagar, Ishmael. And this is going to be the child of promise. But God comes down and says, listen. And, and, and again, for us, that's sort of a weird custom and practice, but it was very acceptable back then. And God comes down and says, no, this is not it. You will have, you will have a son of promise by your wife, Sarah. Here it is. Fear for the moment obstructed the faith, needed to see God's working through this. Fear at that moment in time obstructed his view of that God was going to take care of what he had promised he was going to take care of. And I want to let you know, we're just like Abraham. We're common like Abraham. And we're common like Abraham because we all experience fear. We all become afraid. And I know, I mean, especially in Texas, and especially as Americans, we have this sort of bravado about us, like, I don't get afraid, and we even say it sort of weird like that. I'm not afraid of anything. I mean, we say it with that, I'm not afraid. Are, are you afraid? I'm not afraid. But here's the point, we all get afraid. And the question today is this, what is your fear? What are you afraid of? What are you afraid of?
See, fear comes in all shapes and sizes. It presents itself at different times in our lives. At one point in time in our lives, we're saying, I'm not afraid, I'm trusting God. But then we come around to another part of our lives, and we are so afraid. And so maybe today, you've experienced, or what's even worse, you're living in the midst of fear. But I want to let you know, all of us experience fear. Maybe it's fear like this. Maybe it's fear that your relationships are going to fail. The relationship that you've held on to for so long, the one you've invested so much time in, all of a sudden you look up one day and you look around and the thing is falling apart and you're afraid. Or how about this? I'm afraid to forgive that person because I know that immediately when I forgive that person, here's what's going to happen. They will just take advantage of me. They will take advantage of me. I know they will. And it's better not to forgive than to have the fear of them taking advantage of me. Or how about this? In a year, in a year, the fear of disease. Do I speak anything more about that? Or how about this? The fear of dying. The fear of losing my job, and and some of you in our audience today have lost your job, and you understand what this fear is, or the fear that maybe, just maybe, I won't have enough to enjoy retirement. The one that grips a lot of us as parents is this, the fear that my children will not be faithful to the Lord. And that's tough, isn't it? That's tough, isn't it? Or how about this? The fear that I'm just not good enough. I know Jesus loves me. I, I, I know that I know that I, I try, but I just don't think I'm good enough. I mean, there's these sins in my lives, and I'm just not good enough. Or how about this one? I'm just not doing enough. I I need to be doing more for the Lord because the harder I work, the better I feel about my relationship with God. I just, I got to do more. Or how about this one? Are you going to heaven or are you going to hell? The fear of my eternal destiny. And, And we, and we sing a lot of songs and we we, we smile a lot and we, we feel confident, but inside there's this nagging, nagging voice that's going, I just don't think you're just going to make it. I just don't think you're going to make it. And this is mine, because I'm a control freak. And that is the fear of not being able to control my life and the circumstances in my life. And I work real hard to put everything in order, you know, stack it up, A, B, C, make sure it's all fitting together so that I won't have to fear the uncontrollable. So here's the thing. What's your fear? And, 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 and all of us, even the best of us, like Abraham, experience fear. But Abraham doesn't leave us there. 
as common as he is, he has some common solutions for us how to overcome fear. And what he's going to do is this. How do I deal with the fear in my life? How do I, Abraham, how do I deal with fear so that I'm not operating by fear, but I'm operating by faith? Abraham, speak to me today. Speak to me today and help me move from fear to faith, Abraham. How did you do it? Because I know you experienced fear, but I want to live by faith like you did. And I believe Abraham speaks to us today. And as we reflect on his life through Scripture, we hear him say, as a common man with common struggles, who serves an awesome and powerful God, today he says, there's two things that I think will help you. If you'll look at my life and examine my life, I think these things will help you to overcome fear and to walk by faith. And the first one he says is this, I want you to trust God I want you to believe in God, even if the evidence around you says you shouldn't. That's what Abraham would tell us today, to move us from fear to faith. He would go, what I want you to do, I want you to believe and trust in God, even if all the evidence around you says that you should not believe in God. In Romans chapter 4 and verse 18, you need to mark this verse in your Bible. You need to look at this verse. You need to underline this verse. This verse is incredible because it says this. Against all hope, Abraham in hope believed. And so became the father of many nations. Just as it had been said, so shall your offspring be. So what did he mean by, what did he mean by against all hope? It looks something like this. Can you hear a person speaking into Abraham's life at this juncture in his life? Abraham, wake up. Wake up, man. Your wife is barren and she's old. You ain't going to have a kid. Come on, Abraham, wake up. And I hear Abraham say something like this. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I've been afraid of that. And then they come on to Abraham and they go, Abraham, you're old as dirt. And they actually say that, old as dirt. Abraham, you are old. Again, the Bible says this, Abraham, as good as dead. Abraham, you're old as dirt. Do you really think you're going to be a dad? And we hear Abraham. Yeah, I, w I was afraid. I was really afraid about that. And then again, they speak into Abraham's life and they go, Abraham, would you get real? How many years has it been since God promised you that he would bring about a son by your, wa your barren wife, Sarah? couple years? No, it's been a little longer than that. Five years? No, it's been a little bit longer than that. Ten years? Uh, it's been a little bit longer than that. Twenty years? Yeah, you're getting close. Twenty-five years? Bingo. Are you telling me, Abraham, it has been twenty-five years? Twenty-five years and God hasn't kept his promise? Man, you hear Abraham? Yeah, I... Um, yeah, I was especially afraid of that. But then Abraham 
would say something like this. I know that all the evidence around me says that I should not believe in God and I should not trust Him. I know all the evidence around me says that that's not going to happen. But I hear Abraham not relying upon fear, but relying upon faith. Common Abraham saying this. Okay, I think I'm going to believe God on this one. Can't you hear him say that? Can't you hear him say, I, I know, I know the evidence is speaking against it, but I want to let you know, I think I'm going to believe God on this one. And, and yet there were moments and times in Abraham's life when, when he was overwhelmed with fear, but the overall pattern of his life was this. I'm going to trust God even though the evidence around me says I shouldn't. So what about does that look like for us today? I think fear speaks into all of our lives. And don't you hear fear speak sometimes? Listen, I am telling you, don't you forgive. Don't, do not, do not forgive. Because if you forgive, they're just going to take advantage of you. Don't forgive. And yet, here's what happened. Let us believe. Not fear, but by faith. Let us believe that Jesus is the standard of forgiveness. And that we're to forgive each other as Jesus forgave us. And that forgiveness is really the true path to healing. Or how about this? When fear speaks into your life and it says, you are not good enough. And you are not doing enough. Do you hear it? You're not good enough. You're not doing enough. And instead of listening to fear, let's listen to faith. And faith says this. Faith says this, that we are not saved by our works. We are not saved by being good enough. We're saved by grace and faith in Jesus Christ. Or how about this? When fear says this, I'm sorry, but I don't think you're going to make it to heaven. I just don't think you're going to make it. No, no, I'm looking at you and I just don't think you're going to make it. But instead of listening to fear, let's listen to faith. And faith says this, that Jesus loves us and he died for us. And that we can have confidence in our salvation. That we can know about our eternal destiny. Or how about this one? When fear speaks into our lives and it says something like this. Ho, 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 wait a minute here. <laughs> no, 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 no. I don't think it's time for you to give. In fact, right now is a time to hoard. Right? Hold on. Especially don't even think about giving to church right now. Are you serious? And instead of operating by fear, let's operate by faith when it says that Jesus says is this, it is better to give than receive. Or how about this one? Again, mine. Listen. Bill, you need 
to take stronger control of your life. You need, you need to take stronger control of your life. You need to make sure everything lines out. You need to make sure that everything is, you know, I's are dotted, T's are crossed. You need to take more control of your life. And fear says, you're losing control. You are losing control, Bill. And instead of saying that, instead of doing that, let's listen to faith that says this. God says to our lives, I'm in control of all things, and I want you to just trust me. I want you to just trust me. Here's the thing. We all want to believe and trust, and we all want to have a faith that trust in God and not fear. And we all want it said of us as this. Kay believed God and it was credited to her as righteousness. James believed in God and it was credited to him as righteousness. And put your name in there. And when we believe not the evidence around us, but when we believe in God and we trust in Him, even though all the evidence around us says we should, then we could all make this statement. We believed in God and it was credited to us as righteousness. Here's the other thing that Abraham would say to us is this. Do you want to move from fear to faith? Here's what he would say. Abraham would tell us as this, just take the next simple step of obedience that's in front of us. There's this beautiful pattern in the life of Abraham. Have you noticed it? The pattern of the life of Abraham is this, whatever the step of obedience was, was in front of him, he just did it. It looks something like this, go and he went, offer and he offered. There was no questions, there was no bargaining, it was just obedience. Turn in your Bibles to Genesis chapter 26. In Genesis chapter 26, there's this really great passage. Now, we've fast-forwarded, and now we're in the life of Isaac. Isaac, there's a famine in the land. Isaac's going to go, and he's going to go into the land of Abimelech. And before he goes, guess what Isaac is, uh, Isaac is doing? He is afraid, like father, like son. And God comes to him, and he speaks this promise to him. The same promise that he spoke to Abraham and in verse 4 it says, I will make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and will give them these lands. And through your offspring all the nations of the earth will be blessed. Why? Because Abraham obeyed me and kept my requirements, my commands, my decrees, and my laws. Abraham just took the next step of obedience in front of him. I want to try something this morning. And what we're going to do is this. In just a second, I, we're going to pray together. And I want, you to, I, I want you to close your eyes and bow your head. And I'm going to lead us in prayer. And when you, when you open your eyes, I want you to look at the screen. And I want you to ask, answer this question in your heart. I want you to answer this question in your heart. So let's pray. Father, we uh, confess to you today, just like Abraham confessed so long ago, that we struggle with fear. And Father, we don't want to live our life by fear, but we want to live our life by faith. 
And Father, we desperately need your help in that. Father, we need to believe in you even though the evidence around us says we shouldn't. But Father, we want your wisdom. We want your guidance. We want your... We want, we want you to tell us. We want you to, to show us what our next step of obedience is, Father. And Father, we ask for, we ask for the Holy Spirit's help. We ask for... Uh, an emboldenness to be obedient to you, whatever that is, whatever the next step is. So, Father, help us, bless us to take the next step of obedience. In Jesus' name, amen. What is yours? What is yours? What hits you right now? Don't dismiss it. Don't get rid of it. Don't rationalize it. Don't do anything with it. What is the thing that came to your mind after we said that prayer? What is your next step of obedience? And guess what? That's it. That leads you from fear to faith. What is your step of obedience? Do you have it? Put it in your phone. Send a reminder. Send an email. Send 10 emails. I don't care. Just remind yourself as this. What is the next step of obedience for you? And here's what's really beautiful about all this. That if we will just take that one step of obedience, just the one that's in front of us, not 10 down the line, not 20 down the line, not 30 down the line, but what is the next step of obedience? If we'll just do that, here's what's going to happen. God will bring the next step, and we just take that step. And God will bring the next step of obedience, and we take that step. He'll bring the next step, and we take that step. We'll take the next step, and the next step, and the next step. And here's what happens. When we do all that, we'll turn around someday, and we'll look, and, and we won't just have a common faith, we'll have a what? Extraordinary faith. We'll have an extraordinary faith, and we'll move from fear to faith. Today, common Abraham. Common Abraham who moved beyond fear so that God could do this amazing thing in his life. And so today, here's the thing I want to I beg and plead with you. Two invitations. Number one is this. If fear is paralyzing you right now, let us help. That's what we're here for as family of God, right? If fear is paralyzing you, let us help. That's why we're here. Let us walk with you through this fear. Let us help you with this fear. Let us pray with you over this fear. And that's what I call you to today. But here's the other one. If you're afraid of committing your life to Christ, don't let fear hold you back any longer. Don't let fear keep you from confessing. Don't let fear keep you from repenting. Don't let fear keep you from being baptized into Jesus Christ. Some of you may be listening at home or watching at home. And here's what we want to promise you is this, that if you will just get a hold of us, and if you're struggling of living a life of fear and you want to move it to faith, I want to let you know I promise you this, we will help you. If we could help you in any way move from fear to faith, 
come as we stand and as we sing.